0: Hey guys, welcome back to Thick and Thin with me, Katie Bilotti, and as I record this episode, I am the definition of Manhattan, sitting in my chair, sipping a homemade martini uh, with the city sounds outside my window, but as you are listening to this episode, I am definitely in a very different situation. I am on the road. On my road trip, probably in the middle of just some state that I've never been to before, in the wilderness, attempting to hike up a mountain slash drive an RV around a cliff or something like that, and uh, just really one with nature. So yeah, it's just very interesting how I know for a fact I'm recording this a week early. Uh, by by this time next week, or by the time you're listening to this, I'm going to be just doing a whole different thing. So. Yeah, thanks for uh, bearing with me as I've pre-recorded some stuff. I have been really working my butt off the past few weeks, just queuing up a lot of content. So when I'm gone, it won't feel like I'm gone slash... I mean, it will, but like, you know, I'll have some stuff. I'm not just leaving you out to dry. Like, I have some stuff for you guys planned or planned for you guys. It's almost like, you know, when you're a kid, and I don't know if your parents did this, but... um, my parents before they ever went on a trip they felt super guilty about leaving me for the trip and when they went to Mexico every year with my dad's company they would always my mom would have like a special surprise gift plan for me every day that she was gone um, or that they were gone nothing crazy like really small things like a coloring book or a pack of gum or something like that nothing crazy like literally probably a dollar a day but like something just special for me to open when I missed her so but I just like yeah I mean I feel like I'm gonna be like that with my kids and right now you guys are my kids um even if you guys are older than me i still consider you guys um, part of me so i need to leave you prepared before i go <laughs> so Yes, you're listening to Past Tense Katie. These are my thoughts from last week, and I'm very excited to just chat with you guys once again today about a bunch of different topics. I'm continuing on with my Dear Katie series that I started last week, um, and I have a couple more questions from that that I just didn't have a chance to answer on the last episode that I think are important to answer, so I'm going to answer those two questions that I have left over. And then I'm also going to tell you guys some stories. I have this book that I'm obsessed with. I actually talked about this, I believe, really early on in my podcasting career, and I just revisited it. I'm a huge revisitor, revisitor, yeah, revisitor of books. Like I love just going to my bookshelf and picking out a book that I read years ago or even a year ago and revisiting it because you know you'd be surprised if your brain isn't constantly reminded of something. I mean, you're going to forget first of all, and it just will get more exciting when you like look at it again, or you know, if you watch a movie and you haven't seen it in years. Like I just did this recently with Parent Trap. Like Parent Trap was just I just assumed that I remembered everything that happened, but when you look at it at a different year of your life and a different lens, it's just crazy how different it is. Because I remember back in the day watching that movie, for example, and thinking that um, the blonde girl, what's her name? Oh gosh, oh gosh, it's going to haunt me that I don't remember her name. uh You know, the the girl, the other woman, or the girl that um the the dad goes for why am i for what's her name oh my god you guys are probably saying it in your head and you're like screaming it at your your phones because you're like katie how could you not parent trap am i gonna google it right now i'm gonna google it right now what's her name leave page parent oh i just went to parentmap.com which is like a parenting website okay i feel like a total idiot because it's meredith obviously i don't know why i forgot (laughs) what her name i like swear i watched this movie like not more than two weeks ago um, anyway but I remember when I watched this or watched Parent Trap the first time around I remember thinking she was so much older like than she was or I knew that she was of course younger than the the dad Nick Parker but I always thought like oh you know 26 that's pretty old but now that I think about it like that's like two years older than me that's not old at all and like that, it just is crazy to think that like Meredith, like, I'm gonna be Meredith, Meredith Blake's age, and I know people my age that are, like, you know, dating older men, and it's, like, a whole different, like, watching the movie now, I'm, like, oh my god, Meredith's a gold digger, holy crap, anyway, so I digress, um, but yeah, so basically where I'm going with this is. Later on in the episode, I'm going to revisit a book that I talked about earlier on in my podcasting career. Um, It's called Creative Blindness. I'm obsessed with this book. There's a few stories in it that I really want to unpack and tell you guys because I feel like it will just really honestly enhance your week a little bit. I feel like just a nice story. You know how you like when you're reading a story and it just like it's kind of confusing and then all of a sudden like all the loose ends are tied up like immediately at the end and you're like whoa like it leaves you feeling like shocked that is how the book makes me feel and it's a lot of as the title implies creative stuff and stories that just really it, it makes you kind of take a long hard look at your life but in a good way it's more it's promising it's like oh you know, if I do more things like this, I will, you know, go on the, go down the right path in my life creatively and whatever. So I'm going to read some stories from that later on the episode. Like I said, though, going to start out with the questions that I didn't get a chance to answer last time around because, um, I got so many questions in my, my DMS and I love, I love doing the Dear Katie, uh, concept. So I don't want to leave you guys out to dry or is that the, the phrase? Um, hung out to dry leave you on the I don't know on the edge of your seat I don't really know I only answered like four questions last episode and I feel like that's just like not cutting it because I was like talking so much about the road trip that yeah it's because I haven't really told anyone about the road trip and I was just very excited to tell someone aka you even though it feels like I'm just talking to myself it's so interesting podcasting is just like one of those things where I just I literally am here sitting talking to my wall like that's what I'm doing and it somehow translates anyway So let's dive on in to the Dear Katie questions. Dear Katie, how did you make yourself known in the influencer world? How did you get more people to notice you? Okay, so you guys remember I did a whole podcast episode on the influencer industry and like the truth about being an influencer. So I'm not going to go like crazy into detail right now um because I have a whole podcast on it and it's honestly one of my favorite podcasts I've ever done it was pretty bold of me to do I'm not going to lie to you because it was it was so soon after leaving L'Oreal and I honestly I just I basically gave a lot of learnings that I probably should have been more careful with but regardless the truth needs to be known about a lot of things I feel like for the most part we always assume people know the truth and they just don't. So um, yeah, that episode definitely answers a lot of the questions people have about the influencer industry, but specifically this one I've gotten a lot more recently because I feel like, um, especially during quarantine, people have really been dipping their toe in being influencers and in the influencer realm. And I've seen people I know very well from you know college or even high school just like flip a switch almost like tiktok style you know the flip a switch you know that one um i I'm, sound like a 75 year old grandmother um disregard the fact that i just like made a tiktok reference and sounded like i don't know tiktok like i i really don't know tiktok but i'm also not 75 anyway but i've seen people i know in real life flip a switch like on their social media platforms and go from being just another person like you know just catering their content to their friends and then all of a sudden they start talking to their audience on stories and that is when I feel like the switch has been flipped and they are trying to be an influencer I don't say that in a bad way okay I want that to be very clear when I say someone's trying to be a blogger or an influencer I'm not I mean I am one so it'd be weird if I was just sitting here bashing people that are trying because like what would I say to myself? Um, I definitely think that there's, like, a good way to go about it and a bad way to go about it. And I think that um, I have a lot of learnings to share in that regard because I have been a whole lot of different types of influencer in my career. Like, I've really, uh, you know, at certain points in my 11 years doing this type of thing where I talk to a camera, I talk to you, to people I don't know on online and stuff and sell product and all that. Like, I've definitely been the type of person that either – really was in line with the trends and was really like I even have this really embarrassing phase. It's like fully documented on YouTube where I was super preppy. And I don't know if you guys remember, like if any of you are OG followers of mine, like I had a bubble necklace, like the bubble necklaces from J. Crew. Like I had them in every single color and I was just super preppy. Like I would wear the sweaters with the little collars poking out and like super into like tartan plaid and everything. And, like, I honestly didn't personally even have an interest in that trend at all. Like, truthfully, I can tell you, I really, I was, like, really young. I was, like, 13. Like, okay, that's a lie. I was, like, 16. But still, I was, like, really not personally interested in it. I was dressing like I was 45 and, you know, was a school teacher or something. Like, that's what I was dressing like. And the reason why I was doing it was because it somehow became this huge YouTube trend and even Instagram trend. Like, it was just trendy across the board and I just conformed to the trend and so I was that type of influencer for a while and then I was super awkward on camera for a bit of my early career and then I guess I kind of started to I feel like for a while here's kind of the the distinction like in the beginning when I was doing influencer type content when I was making content online I really I was doing it kind of as a, a character like I really saw my online persona as someone that wasn't Technically, me, I guess, like it was me, but it was like my YouTube, the YouTube version of me. And for a long time in high school, especially when people were making fun of me, you guys know the whole spiel of me being severely bullied for all the stuff I did, I was just super adamant with my real life associates, no, acquaintances. Sometimes I just throw a word in there and I'm like, that's just not right. (laughs) Acquaintances, like I was super adamant with them that, okay, my online persona is like a character, like it's not me, don't worry, like that's not me and it wasn't because I was like ashamed of that person, I think I was just, I was trying to protect her kind of, you know, I was trying to protect the internet version of myself because I knew that she was special and that, you know, she had the guts to do what was, it was just like I was kind of playing two roles it was very weird and then in my real life I was just super timid and really shy and online I was super outgoing and all that and this was probably around like the age of like 17 when I was already going through all this stuff in real life and it was just getting to be so much and I think it really impacted my content online I really wish that I would have sooner just realized that you can't play two roles you really can't you have to it has to be authentic, okay? Like, because people will know. Your online community will know. The people in real life will... It's just a weird thing. Like, you really... And I've seen it with people that are trying to be influencers now and starting to talk to their audiences on Instagram stories or making videos for the first time. And it's not meant to... I'm not, like, trying to bash them, like I said, but I'm just saying honestly, I think, like, too many people just separate their personas too much. They, They act like they... Like you have to be a certain way. You have to be super bubbly all the time. You have to be super saturated and everything's rainbows and sunshines and unicorns. And I'm getting super hype about this because I feel so passionately about the topic, the topic of just fake influencers and such. But like that's not real life. We know that's not real life. You guys know that I don't consider that real life, especially on the Internet. I talk about the thick and the thin of life, hence the podcast name. But I think people starting out don't know how to not sugarcoat things because, I mean, I agree with the the notion that social media is a fun place and it should, you should, you know, be positive because people are super impressionable. And if you're constantly negative, people will, it'll be kind of contagious and people will feel negatively towards themselves as well. So I know positivity, of course, you should spread that, but you shouldn't just, like I said be sunshines and rainbows all the time because that's just not real life like if you're having a bad day maybe talk about it if you're comfortable um you know maybe not giving full dirty details if it's something that makes you uncomfortable like don't do it but maybe just admit to your followers hey I'm having a rough day or like hey I'm having a bad day first of all you'd be surprised like at how I mean my followers for example like you guys are amazing if I'm having a rough day and I talk about it or if something's really bothering me or if I have like a a a burning question I need answers to like you guys are super quick to help me which I don't of course require but like it's amazing and that's community okay and when you foster a community it's not always the highs you know sometimes you are talking about the lows and so with this question specifically you know how did I make myself known in the influencer world I would say I'm kind of honestly flying under the radar it's kind of nice like I honestly like my level of people knowing me because I can I'm not like a Jake Paul and I'm not like like I just I love what I do and that's at the forefront but I think why people notice me or like why me first of all I mean I started in 2009 and that was a long time ago and that was before a lot of people started what we do and so I think that has a lot to do with it but I also think I just I'm genuine and like I it's weird saying that like that you're genuine like you can't really say that about yourself I guess but I just I want you to know that to the best of my ability I am who I say I am if that makes sense like if you met me in real life and I've I've had some people even tell me this some followers that I've met randomly either just like in the city or at bars or sometimes I'll be in a grocery store like really random locations where I meet you guys which is incredible I love it um you guys even say that I I'm the same as I am online in real life and I pride myself in that because I feel like There was just so much hurt in my life back when I was trying to play two roles and trying to be two different people. And so I would say just advice for anyone who's trying to do what I do and what all my friends that are also influencers do. I mean, you just got to hang on to your genuineness. Is that the word? Genuity? I don't know what the plural of that is or whatever the concept of being genuine. You got to hang on to that because it's easy to slip into playing a, a role And I think that is when it gets to the point where, of course, it's not healthy for people to even be following someone like that, I don't think. And I can say that because I was one, honestly, not meaning to be mean here. But I just think that, you know, people that are following me, I want them to know that everything that I'm doing and saying and what I am is attainable. So taking a quick break to talk about a sponsor of today's episode. Today's episode of Thick and Thin is sponsored by Skillshare. You guys know I've talked about Skillshare so much recently because I just feel like it's the best possible time to get into Skillshare and learn something new because we do have a bit more time on our hands. We are in our apartments or in our houses kind of, you know, twiddling our thumbs a little bit. So Skillshare is there to teach you some new skills with some online classes and uh, just a community that really understands. Skillshare is an learning community with thousands of inspiring classes for creative and curious people. You can explore new skills, deepen existing passions, and just get lost in creativity. There's multiple class topics that I am super passionate about on the site that I'm just constantly diving into like productivity, freelance and entrepreneurship, uh, film and video, there's some others like you know graphic design, of course I love, illustration, photography. There's a lot, there's more than a few topics that I like on there. A lot of you guys have specifically asked me how I've gotten so good with Procreate, the app for the iPad, which I use to draw and sketch and write all my hand lettering stuff. And I've learned a lot of those skills from Skillshare. There's a class on there right now about floral pattern that I'm about to take, which I'm very excited about. So yeah, they have a bunch of classes in just various realms, Procreate being a big one as well. Um, and just illustrations. So I really love Skillshare. You guys know I've talked about it a lot, so I definitely love it. Um, it's just easy to break up your routine of you know a day spent indoors, things just getting super monotonous with a Skillshare class. So definitely check it out. As always, I do have a special deal for you all. You can explore your creativity and get two months free premium membership at skillshare.com slash thick and thin. So two months of free premium membership at skillshare.com slash thick, the letter N thin. So check it out. That's two whole months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for free. Definitely check it out while you have the chance and let me know how it goes. I know, of course, I I do have an immense amount of privilege in my life and I've gotten very good at talking about that recently because I am just so aware of it now, which is a good thing. Um, But I just want everyone to know that, you know, the way that I am, the way that I look, like just everything that I say and do is attainable because I think that that is how people should use their influence for good and to not, I don't want to make anyone feel insecure or sad or you know anything like that. I just want to comfort people and inspire people and help people be creative and believe in themselves. And that is really it. And that is cliché as hell, but that's what I want. Uh for the world. And I also I just want whatever. Okay. I'm going to stop being juicy, not juicy, cheesy. I'm going to stop being cheesy. Um but yeah, just kind of in a nutshell, here's what I would say. I would say be genuine, be consistent. That's huge. Be posting consistently, whatever you're posting. Do it consistently because people will forget about you if you're not consistent. Um, And then also I think you just need to, to a certain extent, let your walls down and let people in. And don't just broadcast all the highs all the time unless you're also willing to sometimes when you feel comfortable with it. Honestly, a lot of times you won't feel comfortable with it. I encourage you to try even then. Uh, Broadcast some of the lows and be honest because that is when people will feel That you're on their level, I think, because you know, you could just seem so out of reach always if you're just constantly like killing it. Like, that's just also not real life. And when I see people that I follow that are constantly all just positive and, you know, happy go lucky, like, look how amazing my life is, it makes me feel kind of bad about myself. And like, yes, I'm happy for them, but I'm like, is that real? Like, come on, there's got to be a catch here. So, whatever. I think that just in a nutshell is what I recommend for people that are coming up in the influencer world slash wanting to start out, like, that's kind of it. And like I said, listen to the full podcast on my influencer chat if you guys want more details. I forget what it's called, but I, yeah, I don't remember what it's called, but you'll figure it out. Okay, so next question. Let's move on from talking about influencers. (laughs) So, dear Katie, so to give you a bit of a backstory here, I'm from upstate New York, and I moved to New York City this past August to attend FIT which is Fashion Institute of Technology. As you know, everything shut down and college transitioned to online only, so my freshman year was cut short. However, during the time I was there, I found it difficult to go out on my own to either the grocery store or even take a walk. I always felt the need to have someone go with me. I know my anxiety has something to do with that, but I hate how I feel like I can't even go places on my own. When I go for a walk, go shopping, or even go to a cafe with my friends, I feel completely fine. I want to get an apartment with a friend or two in the next year or so and move off campus. But I know I'll have to be really independent if I do that and really self-sufficient. So now into my question: Do you have any tips, advice, or thoughts on how to become more independent when living in a New York or a city like New York? Sorry. Um, so I have a lot of thoughts on this, and I have one direction I can go in with this where it's like super sexy and like don't worry about what people think of you and like, you know, if you're confident, you won't have any worries about going out by yourself and blah, blah, blah. And that's just honestly not the entire truth. So I'm not even going to spin it that way. I'm going to be super real about it and just confess that I feel this all the time you know there are moments of course where I feel like I'm on top of the world and I'm you know I'm so just good at just you know going somewhere by myself and like you know of course I need to do things by myself because I live by myself here in New York I live in a studio by myself I only have two friends that are actually in the city right now everyone else is at home with their parents and so I do feel like for the most part I am really on my own right now and for the most part I am I am empowered by this and it is something that I of course chose for myself and that I love and I love living by myself. I love having my own space. I love all that stuff. I don't regret it. But there is the drawback of sometimes feeling super overwhelmed before I leave the house. Like I really have to hype myself up some days to leave my house. And it's not even out of, like, just sheer laziness of not wanting to leave. And, like, I technically don't really need to leave because I have, you know, a fridge full of food. And even if I didn't, I have Postmates and Uber Eats and all that stuff. And then I also have, like, my whole work life is based in my apartment. I don't really need to leave to do any of my work. You know, I can film videos and podcasts and all this stuff just, like, sitting at my desk. I don't really need to be out and about. Um, And right now, there's just really no, I guess, huge reason for me to be out. And it's kind of like scary to be out because of COVID and the masks and six feet away and all that stuff. So you're totally not crazy for having this fear of going out right now, FOGO, um, just the opposite of fear of missing out, fear of going out. Lauren Elizabeth talked about it on her podcast. That's how I know that phrase, that acronym. Um, But I think that it kind of, for me, I can't really speak for everyone, but it kind of stems from a bunch of different things, I think. Of course, a lot of the fears that we have in our adult lives, there's a reason for them and a lot of them stem from childhood and I know that from just following a bunch of therapy accounts and having some really smart friends that tell me these things uh, that, you know, a lot of the things that we deal with, a lot of the traumas that we experience in our daily lives now, you know, as young adults, as as we go into adulthood, it all really does stem to how we were treated or what we feared as a child and why. And for me, you know, growing up, being bullied, I was super aware, just like painfully aware of what people thought of me. And I have this really intense fear of, you know, people laugh, like looking at me and laughing slash like I have like recurring dreams about it. And I know it's because of my childhood. Um, For the most part, because I've never really felt that way, like that people are really pointing and laughing at me in real life. And especially when I'm surrounded by my friends, I don't feel that way because, of course, you know, my friends are amazing and they are hyping me up all the time. I'm hyping them up all the time. Like, that's just how we are. And I never feel like gawked at. But when I'm alone, I, you know, I don't have any armor or shield. I'm like really just out there and people have the full right to stare at me and I just I don't know why I just like have a weird problem with that and so whenever I'm like out by myself like I make a point to not dress in a way where people are going to look at me or provocatively at all or just even like in a really awesome outfit like I I'm scared of doing that sometimes just because I don't want people to come up to me (laughs) which like sounds like super full of it but like In New York, people have just really no sense of, like, I mean, okay, some people do, but there's a lot of people, if you lived here or have ever visited here, people really don't have, like, a sense of personal space, slash, even now, during COVID, there's been people that have just gotten super close to me, and I'm like, can you not, like, we need to stay far apart, I don't know if you have the virus, I don't know if I have the virus, like, we just gotta, like, keep our masks on, stay six feet apart, like, I'm so about that right now in New York. Just because I am I, I even like I feel bad when I'm like walking around older people and like there's a lot of elderly people in my in my neighborhood in Greenwich Village, so I get really nervous and all those things. But taking a quick break in the episode to introduce a sponsor. Today's episode of Thick and Thin is sponsored by Prose, which you guys have definitely heard me talk about before, I've talked about it a bunch. It is the world's most personalized hair care. And I want to share a few updates since it's been a little bit that I've been using the custom formulas that pros sent me and spoiler alert, it is the real deal. So you guys know um, I took the quiz and I basically came up with a custom formula made just for me given all of the variables I deal with every day living in New York and just my diet, my just overall life routine and they created a custom blend of product for me and I've been using the shampoo and conditioner. I'm going to be an aesthetic nerd for a second and just say that I love first of all how it looks in my shower like it looks just beautiful in my little shower cart thing that I have around my shower and I just love looking at them they have my name on them like that's always great to see but also just overall the blend that they came up with for me is really perfect I just love how it smells I also love how my hair feels while using the product because I just know it's designed for me living in this environment and I can just I really can feel the difference Um, my hair is shinier smoother it's softer after, and I just overall feel like the formula has really revamped my hair I feel like my hair has grown so much too you guys have noticed on Instagram um, so pros knows that there is more to you than just your hair type they have given actually over 1 million consultations with their in-depth hair quiz which is how I got started and with their algorithm and over 50 billion formula combinations Prose determines a unique blend of ingredients to treat your exact concerns they also have a review and refine feature which helps me tweak my formulas for any reason like a change of address Dress or even hair color my diet etc if I have any changes um, in my life which of course during COVID I have had some changes so uh, if you're not 100% positive that pros is the best hair care you've ever tried also they will take the products back no questions asked so there's really no risk here um, it's the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it quite literally on the label take your free in-depth hair quiz and get 15% off your first order today all you have to do is go to pros that's p-r-o-s-e.com slash katie k-a-t-y pros.com slash katie to get started and get 15% off your first order today check it out kind of top line though like not even thinking about it being covid time and maybe when this is over like I still do have a pretty interesting fear of going out and being out in public um and I like like I said I have to hype myself up sometimes before leaving the house because I get this weird anxiety like I don't know what I don't have legitimate diagnosed anxiety but I feel this anxious feeling um before leaving the house and I I don't know because I never used to feel like this I guess because I my whole life have really been surrounded by people like in college I was always you know having roommates and I was always going places in groups and you know even in high school like I always had either my parents driving me places or I just never really had to go anywhere by myself and I think it really is of course there's a lot of things that you know fears that stem from childhood like I was saying and certain anxieties like if you have anxiety that will do it but I think a lot of it just has to do with it being something that's fresh honestly and I've only been in the city for two and a half years now which sounds to some like a long time but it's really not in the grand scheme especially since I've never lived in a city in my life before this so I think honestly what it is is just getting used to it and it's not going to be an overnight thing where you're just suddenly confident like I don't know I mean there's all these movies and shows that of course depict it in a way where the main character is always just super confident like strut in the streets of New York talking to strangers and like totally fine with it I'm not one of those people unless I have <laughs> my friends around and it's not even like a confidence I guess maybe it is a confidence thing but for the most part it's just a safety thing slash like a uh, my worries just like overwhelming me unless I have someone there to buffer it kind of slash help me I don't know and it's of course like I said not sexy to admit that. But I am practicing. It's kind of like, you know, a muscle memory sort of thing. Like I am practicing being alone. And like I said, I'm happy being alone in my apartment and alone when I work and having my own space. But out and about, I sometimes even get this like weird feeling in the grocery store that like everyone's looking at me and I don't know what it is, guys. Like let me know if someone has like a theory as to why I feel like this. Like I did a little bit of research. I was trying to find more and I really just like was so tired when I was looking up this I've been so tired lately just preparing for this trip but like I said I did listen to my friend Lauren Elizabeth's podcast on FOGO which is fear of going out and she was even kind of talking about how it has to do with or if it's kind of extreme or if it is extreme or severe it could be you know social anxiety disorder and it's a legitimate disorder and I haven't really spoken to anyone about it or anything yet will do so, but I don't think, I don't think it's to that extreme. I think it's just like a weird feeling that I get slash a fear of being judged or watched. And I think it really does stem from childhood and um, just things that I've been through, but it does to some extent like interfere with my daily life. Like I get really nervous before, like I'm also kind of scared of going to the post office, like just certain things where I'm just like scared. I'm also scared of doing things wrong, like being Bad at something that's like so easy, okay? Like that, like anyone could do it. Like the post office, for example. Like, I get so stressed out walking into the post office, like walking in there and having like everyone know what to do in there, like how you weigh packages and send things out and all that stuff. And I just like freeze up and get so nervous. And I feel like people are unfriendly most of the time in places like that. And I get nervous about it. And if you're sitting there thinking, wow, I feel the same way, like, Thank God, because I sound like a crazy person right now. Um, but I think it does, like I did say it, it is a confidence thing, but I also feel like it might, like I, I think you can be a perfectly confident person and still have a weird feeling being out and about and having people look at you. And especially if it's, you know, you're getting catcalled or things. Like I think that that can be kind of a traumatic thing where if someone has gone through like a trauma of, either just any sort of abuse which trigger warning i'm sorry i should have said that before i said the word abuse but any sort of stuff like that then also just sometimes when you get aggressively catcalled like a lot of us know this feeling like it it lingers it lasts you feel that for years and you're scared of even like if you got a really nasty cat call in one part of town like you remember when you walk by that part of town like what they said what you were wearing how they looked like you remember all that stuff and that's just that's being a woman right now and that's something that sucks I know um but yeah I just want you to know that if you're feeling this way you're not crazy but to answer the question she asks do you have any tips advice or thoughts well that was a lot of thoughts but in terms of tips and advice I think for me being out and about and having the fears kind of fade away like what I do to have that happen is I always have my headphones in when I'm out I'm careful not to turn them up too high because I've known that it's it's easy to not see a car coming behind you or any of that sort of stuff or, or someone like running up behind you or a, on a bike or something you need to be able to hear. Um, so I never have ever had noise canceling headphones like that's just not for me not for anyone in a big city I believe but I have headphones in because it does kind of distract me slash if people are trying to talk to me like. I can ignore them and they'll think oh she's just she can't hear me when I really can and I just don't want to talk to them Um, so that's always super helpful I think you know having just a higher opinion of yourself I think does help as well and training yourself to think of yourself like I think I said this in the last episode maybe I did or maybe it was on Instagram I don't remember but just kind of regarding yourself and thinking of yourself as a friend like one of your friends or maybe even like not like, you are, I've said this a million times, you are, like, the best relationship you'll ever have, you are, you should be, should be, rather, the best relationship you ever have, because you are the one that knows yourself better than everyone else, and anyone ever will, even a significant other, like, you will know yourself better than them, and so once you start valuing that person that you are, and, you know, realizing your worth, you you will feel more powerful, I promise you. And as you build that power, as you continue to hype yourself up and really recognize your worth, you will slowly, like before your very eyes, transform and one day you won't really be as fearful leaving the house or something like that. Like I just I know that it's something I'll get over eventually. I know it does stem from a lot of different parts of me and things I've been through and all that. But I just want you all to know that if you feel the same way, you're not crazy. And it's all about just giving yourself time, training yourself and, you know, having the proper precautions. Also bring pepper spray with you when you're out, if you live alone or even if you don't, (laughs) like just having it is super nice just to know that if you get in a compromising position, you have some reinforcements. So yeah those are my tips there I do before I'm oh my gosh I've already been talking for 30 minutes how is that possible I want to get into the storytelling and before I do that I'm going to take a big sip of my martini because that was a lot those questions were heavy or maybe I'm just like in a mood where I just like want to really go deep on everything Mm. but yeah just want to just dispel some rumors because I feel like it's so easy to you know give the sexy version of every answer and not keep it real so yeah those are my honest thoughts um now without further ado gonna get into the book so like I said in the beginning the book that I'm going to be reading some stories and just like commenting on is called creative blindness and how to cure it by Dave Trott and Dave Trott is an advertising genius I just love reading his books and just anything by him Anything he says is incredible. He just really sees things in a different way. And the entire intro to this book, he actually talks about the power of corkscrew thinkers, which if you have never heard of that, you know, kind of concept, it's just anyone that thinks in the opposite of a straight line, you know, something Kind of, you know, not looking at something like how it should be or how we want it to be, but looking at something from a way that no one else is looking at it, slash just kind of going against the grain. It really pays homage to the whole Steve Jobs quote about, you know, being a square peg in a circular hole or whatever. Round peg in a square hole. I don't know how that quote goes, but you know what I mean. So, anyway, I'm going to read some stories from this book. Uh, you can pick it up on Amazon a lot of different places it was published in 2019 but like I said I haven't really looked at it for like a year and then today I was just like procrastinating all the things I was supposed to do and read a bunch of stories and was like I want to share these with people so okay the first story that I'm going to read I have a bunch of dog-eared pages do you guys dog ear your pages because I do and people like have told me it's bad but like why okay so the first story that I'm going to read is from page 29. If you have it, you can read along. I'm sure you don't, but you know. Okay, so the first one I'm reading, which I, I'm not sure if I've already read this one to you guys before, but if I have, we need to reread it because it's so relevant to right now. And I think even by me reading this right now, maybe it'll spark something in one of you guys and like maybe someone will, someone will come up with a new concept or way to fight the... Just injustices that are happening in our country right now. So, I want to read this one. Um, let me know what you guys think. Okay. So, each year, a group of neo Nazis march through a small German town. They march to the grave of Rudolf Hess, Hitler's deputy. The townspeople hate the neo Nazis and the march. They've tried everything they can to get the march stopped. They've asked the local council to ban it, they've tried protest marches of their own, but nothing works. Neo Nazis come from all over to march to the cemetery. Fascist groups are a real problem in Germany. They attract the angry and disaffected youths, the kids who have no jobs and no prospects. This is a major worry for their parents and friends who feel powerless to stop them from joining. So, the local community has formed a group called EXIT, E-X-I-T, to help educate and de-radicalize young people, to encourage them to leave the group and help find better lives. But EXIT needs funding. So the townspeople have decided, since they can't stop the neo-Nazis marching, to use the march for their own ends. Instead of resisting the march, they are now encouraging the march because they're using the march to raise money. For every meter the neo-Nazis march, local businesses are donating 10 euros to exit. So the neo-Nazis will now be marching to fund exit. The further they march, the more money the exit gets. If the neo-Nazis don't like it, they can stop marching. Whichever way they decide, It's a gain for the local community. Turning the page. Whether the neo-Nazis march or not, the little village wins. The inhabitants now treat the march as something to enjoy and have fun with. Every 100 meters, there are signs stenciled into the ground, thanking the marchers for all the money they've raised. It says, you've raised 1,000 euros for exit. You've raised 2,000 euros for exit. You've raised 3,000 euros for exit, and so on. By the time the neo-Nazis reach the cemetery, they've marched a kilometer, which means they've raised 10,000 euros for exit. Is it kilometer or kilometer? I'm just like having a weird conflict in my head right now. Anyway, so there's a huge rainbow sign thanking them at the end of the march, and the locals throw rainbow confetti all over them. The locals also have fun at the neo-Nazis expense. Halfway along the march, there's a huge table of bananas as snacks for the marchers. Above it is a poster saying, Mein Mampf, which means my hunger, and is a play on Hitler's autobiography, Mein Kampf, meaning my struggle. Because the situation has been reversed, the neo-Nazis are now marching against themselves. The beauty is it's all perfectly legal and non-confrontational. If the marchers carry on doing what they want, the village wins. If the marchers stop doing what they want, the village wins. The villagers could not stop them from marching, so they changed what they're marching for if you've got a problem you can't solve, get upstream and change it into a problem that you can solve. That's creative thinking. Wow, amen. I know I probably have, I I feel like I haven't told you guys this story before, but like this is my favorite one in the whole book. Like out of however many pages there are in this book, like okay 250 pages or so, this is my favorite one because I just think, first of all, it's just so relevant and I'm just so proud of of the villagers for figuring this out and I I know it's a true story which is the better the best part of it but I also just love the the last line that he wrote saying you know if you've got a problem you can't solve change it into a problem that you can solve like find the pieces of it that you can stab and get to and I remember when I was working a corporate job you know there were always just we always had struggles with you know reaching the right consumer or like just you know the different things that you have at a company where you're trying to get people to buy in and getting people to love your brand and whatever and that even goes for being an influencer you know I I'm constantly wondering like how am I gonna like how how will I please everyone slash like how will I make something that everyone loves whatever but like there are certain problems in life that you really like you can stare at them as long as you freaking want but there's certain things that won't budge unless you look at it at a different angle or just focus on the things that you the resources you do have like if you're constantly dwelling on like oh my god I don't have this I'm not this blah 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 focus on what you are and what you do have in your repertoire and do those things in a way that it kind of like gets to your point without you know going the conventional way it's a corkscrew way of thinking so I love this story. Um, I know I'm running out of time. I have, like, so much to say to you guys. I um, want to read another story. Okay. So guys, taking a quick break to introduce a sponsor. Today's episode is sponsored by Brooklinen. And like I said, as we speak, I'm actually out in the mountains on a RV road trip adventure. And one of the things I brought along with me on this trip was, yes, you guessed it, Brooklinen sheets. I could not leave home without my Brooklinen sheets. I literally packed them all. My friends are going to definitely give me some funny looks, but it's for the best because Brooklinen sheets truly are the best it's been said that you spend a third of your life in your sheets so don't you want them to be insanely comfortable i know i do and i do know some people that really don't value their sleeping arrangement slash just like the products that they have like With them every single night. Like, come on, you gotta invest in a quality set of sheets and comforter set and all that stuff. And Brooklyn has it all. They also have towels, loungewear, and a bunch more on their site. At honestly, savings, you will not believe this summer. They have a lot of deals going on. And, you know, whether you're working from home or just, you know, stuck in the house, just being comfortable is really important it honestly affects your work level and just how you are just mentally i think so definitely check out Brooklyn in for comfort and just all the essentials they really have it all and they're so confident in their products that all their sheets comforters loungewear towels etc come with a lifetime warranty so if you're interested in checking out some Brooklyn in pieces and you want 10% off your first order and free shipping on all the new sheets right now and everything on their site use my promo code thick thin That's thick, thin, only at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com with my promo code thick thin. Everything you need to live your most comfortable life is on their site. So definitely check it out. There's a bunch of new stuff on there right now, like a linen collection. I'm feeling inspired to shop and I already have so much of their stuff. So (laughs) that's when you know. Anyway, so check it out. Let me know what you guys think. Thank you, Brooklinen, for sponsoring another episode of Thick and Thin. This one was interesting because I feel like this kind of goes into my chat about being an influencer slash has a huge tie in to clickbait, which many of us know is, you know, the phenomenon of just on YouTube, making your YouTube video title something super juicy, even like on other social platforms. I feel like it's becoming a bigger thing, like just like having something to like reach out and grab people and then people click on the video and they're like, wait, this is like not really what it's about. But like you drew me in and people have been doing this for just years, years and years and years, like, you know, authors, like, will draw you into their book with just the cover, and sometimes, like, I don't know if you guys have felt this way, sometimes I'll pick up a book, and I'll totally judge it by the cover, and be super, like, so devastated when it's not as great as the cover art would imply, so, okay, it's called, Our Job Isn't a Summary, on page 43, okay, in 1953, an unknown writer called William Golding wrote a novel, he sent it to around 20 publishers, one after the other, and one after the other, it came back rejected. The rejection letters used phrases like absurd, uninteresting, rubbish, and dull. Eventually, a young editor at Faber & Faber read it. Charles Monteith liked the book, and he agreed to pay 60 euros for it, but it needed some changes. Golding agreed the suggestions and the book, but Monteith's big problem was with the title. The book was called Strangers from Within. Monty thought this was dull. He asked Golding to think of a new title. The story was about children on an island, so Golding wrote a list of possibilities. I'm not going to read all of them because there was like 15, but Island Impact, Hunt the Island, They Came to an Island, Island Refuge, The Foster Island, etc. A lot of just Island, Smoke on the Island, Nightmare Island, The Island's Mind, Island of Their Own. All these titles summarized what the book was about, Children on an Island, but Monty thought they were all dull. Then another young editor came up with a title that wasn't a summary of the contents of the book. Alan Pringle, this is the guy who came up with it, this is all a true story by the way, realized the job of the title wasn't to encapsulate the story. The job of the title was to provoke the reader, to summarize the mood of the story, but in a way that made it sound intriguing. In short, the main job was to make the reader want to read it. He suggested the title Lord of the Flies which many of you guys have probably heard of, read, or been forced to read in high school. It didn't mention islands or hunting or trouble or beasts or children. It didn't fill any of the requirements of encapsulating the story, but it did capture the mood in a way that sounded gripping and unsettling. The book went on to sell many millions and is now a set text in the school curriculum. It's worth remembering the lesson of that title. When conventional wisdom says our job is to summarize the contents or the ingredients or the consumer insight or the brand, remember, our job isn't any of those things. Our job is to stand out, to provoke, to get noticed, and to get remembered. Our job is impact. And I thought that story was really interesting because, well, I do want to make a point here that, you know, of course, you can throw out like a juicy Title or things and you know something to get people curious about it. It doesn't need to be like something super vulgar but like it can be something kind of short and maybe a little bit just leaving some room for people to wonder like what could this possibly be but I think the other element that you really need to kind of have in there as well is making sure that the content is worth it because if you have like I said like a really awesome cover to a book and it's like beautiful and cool looking and the inside contents like that's what initially of course that the book cover like draws you in and then the contents of the book are just meh like no one's going to pick up another book by you ever again so you need to make sure that the content that you're offering kind of lives up to the hype and I feel like that's why so many people on YouTube get so pissed with clickbait and stuff because the video itself just like doesn't satisfy you and you're just left like what that's it like you know when like a movie ending isn't what you thought and like all that stuff like you just feel like kind of deflated so but I do think just overall, the lesson here is just so interesting because I feel like often I feel this like, it's kind of, I mean, it's laziness at some point And also just like, I just want to, you know, kind of check the box and deliver what I'm promising type of thing. But, you know, over the years I have learned to kind of test or push the boundaries of like, you know, maybe someone isn't like maybe I should give someone something that they're not looking for you know that they're not expecting and like that will first of all you know draw people in they'll want to watch more and that's always great but also you know someone just might stumble across something that'll really resonate with them that they weren't expecting that they needed to hear you know or that they didn't even like think they were going to get and one of those things was I remember distinctly freshman year of college when I put out this video called how to be pretty And I did just that, and this was probably the most successful I've ever been with it, and this was freshman year of college, so it's been a while. But, you know, it was called How to Be Pretty, and in the video it was really the opposite. It was just how to, of course, be comfortable in your own skin and realize that, you know, being pretty is not all it's cracked up to be slash the ultimate goal of life. And so I titled it How to Be Pretty because I knew I would draw in people that needed to hear the opposite, you know. And so I just think that this is also important. If you are a content creator or looking to create really anything – think about that um yeah so those are just two stories I thought I was going to get to sending or sending reading I need to go to bed reading more um but I'm just about at time for the episode I don't want to bore you guys Maybe I will uh, read some more stories next week. Who knows? Um, I think actually next week is a holiday week, so I might not be posting. TBD, check out Instagram to see if I'm posting next week. Um, But yeah, like I said, this book is called Creative Blindness and How to Cure It by Dave Trott. Definitely check it out on Amazon and read the rest. I just read two um, stories, but there's so many other ones in here. I think I've inspired a lot of you guys to get this book, and I'm really happy about that because it is something that has really, really altered and just shaped my creative process. And yeah, guys, so thank you for listening to this episode of Thick and Thin, as always. Thank you for tuning in. Like I said, I am probably out in the wilderness as I am uploading this episode, or the internet is uploading it for me, thank God, because I really just have absolutely no idea what my Wi Fi situation is going to be like out there. So yeah, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Definitely, if you guys are curious about just where I am in my road trip, check out Instagram if I've been uploading anything on there. Hopefully, I've gotten a little bit of wi-fi here and there slash on youtube i might be posting my vlogs at this point i don't know but you know i'll be i'll be back soon so thanks for your patience with me and letting me just get out there and explore and i will talk to you guys all when i see you next i guess i don't know when that's gonna be but soon okay bye guys